good people of Los Angeles and those with Angelino sympathies elsewhere. Tonight on the FCFC pod, the three hosts, the three amigos, the Slim, the Spice, the Dweez, it's just us guys. You came here for the guests, but it's just us. We are here to talk to you about a great many things. Among them, our own oldest LAFC memories. Mm -hmm. The reasons we got dragged into this. Carmelo Anthony, yes, sir. for Josh's sake. <laughs> and we go into a deep dive into celebrity moments. Slim has rappers. Josh has rappers. Dweez has a stalker of his own. <laughs> and if you want to hear about it, please listen in. If you've ever just wondered what it'd be like to be stalked yourself, <laughs> you're so stupid. Right be now. very afraid, because it could come for you. Slim, hit him with the warning. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, as per usual, we are in the backyard of Dweez's place in Expo Park. There are helicopters and planes flying over, people taking jogs, cats walking through the backyard. And as per usual, I do have a potty mouth. I do intend to use it. So if you are around children, or at a place of work, where people don't like cussing, you should probably stop listening now. Pay my fucking money, Master P. FCFC. Welcome to the FCFC pod, where two scholars and a dickhead lick at the world through a black and gold tinted lens. Sitting across from me is Big Dweez. What's up? <laughs> to my left is Josh Spice. Hey, we hyped. And I'm your host, Slim. How's everybody doing this evening? I'm doing great. You know why? Because I'm going to go on another Carmelo Anthony rant. <laughs> Carmelo Keom Anthony was born in Red Hook, Brooklyn. Let the record, we're recording this. Let the record show that Slim, Josh, and I gathered around to do a recording between the three of us for you good people before the end of 2019 to be released in 2020. And Josh is just going to take the opportunity to uh, talk about this moment in time. All that information is really unnecessary. What you really need to know, listeners, is that Carmelo Anthony, Western Conference Player of the Week, is back in our lives, and we're all incredibly happy and Wait, satisfied. he's not even the NBA Player of the Week? He's just the Western <coughs> Conference Player the of the Week? The Western Conference Player of the Week. They don't give an NBA Player of the Week, Dweez. Come on. Let's get out of here. Come on. Why not? They've saved that for the MVP, dog. They just wait. They have the, the conferences build up all this hype. Airplane, get the hell out of here. I'm talking about Carmelo right now. <laughs> So there's only, wait, there is no NBA Player of the Week, it's just Western Western and Eastern Conference. And then we have a race to the MVP, which is an unofficial kind of power ranking about what should be done, about who's Mello's the best. Melo's taking it this year? Melo's taking MVP. You heard it here first, y'all. Going to lead the Blazers out here. It's going to be a great time, man. Carmelo is very important to my life, and I think it's uh, 
it's a fun thing to talk about because we talk about the kind of sports idol worship culture a lot, and mm-hmm. this is one of the last few guys which I really hero worship, you know, mm-hmm. and I think it's a mixture of he's the last generation of athlete who's older than I am, right? So, like, the guys I looked up to when I was growing up now, you know, all the millionaires are 18 and 19, born in 2004 and stuff like that, so... Fuck. It's it's a wild time to see this guy kind of turn back the clock and really. Hey, they would be himself. fifteen if they were born in two thousand and four. I'm just saying because that's when they. Yeah. Anyway. That, that's when you're what? That's when I graduated high school. So hey. No, it's, not, it's not that long ago. Dog. Do the math. They're not eighteen. Two thousand four. Yeah. Class of two thousand four, bros. Yep. Hey, shout out to all my eighty six and eighty five babies around yeah, here. Hey. So yeah, all right. So let's talk about that. Like the 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 hero worship, the fandom. Like. Yeah. So that's. He's like the last of the Mohicans with you when it comes to that. Yeah, I mean, people get weird about it, right? It's just like even when they buy names on the back of their jerseys, right? Mm-hmm. Even like grown people. And I think there are people larger than life, regardless of what age you are, that kind of capture your imagination. Even the fact that Carlos Vela, I'm sure, is this, is the highest selling jersey regardless of age group in LAFC. Mm-hmm. But there's something about growing up as a kid, looking at the guy on the pitch or the court or the field and being like, that's who I want to be and that's the coolest motherfucker on the planet and I think uh, Carmelo for me was was that is that and to see him live in person donning whatever jersey he's wearing now is it's a special treatment I think yeah we all have the the heroes we, we grow up and watch on TV but especially now that we have maybe a little more disposable income than we did when we were like in high school and middle school watching these guys like being able to go to a game and see these guys live especially basketball players who are otherworldly in their height and their size right this guy's legitimately six eight in the middle of a in the middle of a court in 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 an arena in la and just uh it's 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 awesome to see people at the height of their power like a carmelo anthony just you know dominating with nine points six (laughs) rebounds you've seen him on other courts i have i have i've also seen him so i've seen him at staples again um Jesus, have I only seen him at Staples? Yeah, I can never afford Nick tickets. So no, no, I did go to Nick game. So I saw him once at the Garden, twice at Staples now, and it's uh, it's pretty incredible, man. I think that's we always talk about. Or I always ask the questions like, who are the best players you've seen live? I think there's something about the live experience that we talk about, especially LAFC games. Like it's different when you're live and seeing it in person, but there is people like even within a forty thousand seat stadium that you're like, they just like jump off this, not even screen anymore, jump off. The turf, the real, real world, right? Mm-hmm. And so, who are the best people that you guys have seen live and in person, and being like, this guy's different? Kobe, Kobe for you. Yeah, I mean, there's been a few games, but um, I mean, I remember his last game. I watched it at a bar in Fullerton, uh, Fullerton La Mirada area called Orange, um, and everyone was just. Every time he scored, people's fucking heads were exploding. Uh-huh. Like, there were drunk people literally going around. I was probably one of them just going around high-fiving everybody every time he fucking scored. Yeah. Um, even to this day, it's kind of like, damn. Like, thinking about that game especially, it's just like, that's just how he would go out. Just scoring like a fucking beast. Yep. Um, so, yeah, probably seeing live Kobe was one where it's just like shit doesn't make sense yeah um and that's why because i think kobe has so many patented like step back moves mm-hmm. right that you see on tv a mm-hmm. thousand times but to see it like in person or even like live on 
you know, live on tape is just like, this guy's creating this, mm. and that's just the person he is, right? I think when I, I talk to people at LAFC, you know, the whole stadium is into the team, but when Vela touches the ball and goes going down the sideline mm. there, it's just going down the pitch, excuse me, I'm like confusing my metaphors here or sports terminology, but like, <laughs> There's sideline. There's sideline, sideline, sideline. So touch there's line. touch line. There's there's a, there, the roar in the stadium is wild. It, it accompanies him dribbling the ball. It's actually crazy. Where it's every time he touches the ball or like when he gets a corner kick, like ah, you hear that in the stadium. And so I think that's a special part of where it's like you don't get that when you're sitting down. And it's a real treat when you see it in person. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would say even seeing his long kiss goodnight goal live was like that was like a moment where everyone's like looking at each other like whoa what did we just witness mm-hmm. you see something that you can't believe in some ways you was see, that like, done magic. on the the opposite the visitor's end that was done on the visitor end he, visitor. Scored, he seemed to score more goals on that end probably because his wife's at that end <laughs> and he can he would control that dude. yeah yeah <laughs> he would control i bet if someone crunched the numbers i think it's like du- i think he scores like double the amount of goals on that side right right, right. my my gut feeling I'm uh, thinking about all the Carlos goals that we've seen, and we're at a you know we're we're quite a bit of distance away from the from the player himself, right? On match days, and so even I think about a goal like um, New York when it happened with like an iconic the celebration with the baseball mm-hmm. bat and the swing. It looks so far away and almost easy for him, and uh, maybe maybe it was easy for him, but it just was like him going down and then dragging the left foot and and going to the 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 far corner over there was just. I don't know. There's there's something about where like maybe that reaction is better on TV, but it looks so easy for him when he's doing it on the stadium. Well, it's it, to me, someone like a basketball player that I was thinking about when it comes to like when you see them live, it's just different. Yeah. Was pre Steph Curry, there was Ray Allen. Ray, yeah, yeah. How mechanic he was, like yeah. how no matter what position he's shooting from, his shooting form was the same. Perfect. And that yeah. release is just fucking quick. And it, it's kind of like Bella whenever he took that shot from the top of the box yeah like you just kind of expected it to just go in yeah you yeah. know what i mean like whenever real pulls up from that that three-pointer on the side like you're just like oh, automatic fuck. yeah um yeah man those those types of players it's just they just it's muscle memory you know what i mean like people like vela it's it's, it's got to be muscle memory like he just Fucking that curler, man. Yeah. So sexy. <laughs> La curva. Seeing the band in the stadium, man, is it's incredible. Lionel Messi. Oh, you saw him live? It's on several occasions. All right, all right, all right, all right. You're in your bag today. If I want to get in my bag about it. <laughs> get in your bag, bro. I've seen him in the 2010 World Cup, 2014 World Cup, Shit. and the 2018 World Cup. Jesus. And I've seen him play for Barcelona. In the Camp Nou. Oh, so you only saw him win once. <laughs> hey. um, actually, no, I did see a very <coughs> difficult loss to Germany in Cape Town in you 2010. It was a little bit of a beating. I think it was like a 5-1, 4-1 situation. That was a bad day. What's it like seeing Messi live? He's the best athlete I've ever seen. I mean, it is... A cliche or it is a it sounds like an oversimplification to just yeah you know wasn't there that kobe kobe documentary that just the whole time the camera follows him yeah by spike lee right, right? there yeah yeah what was that called maybe we don't remember i do not well 
you know, if you do just watch that player and you're not watching it via TV screen, so you're not seeing these specifically curated angles that you're used to, you get to watch other types of movements. And you get to, like, your brain sort of sees it for the first time because you're, you're recognizing different kind of spatial, you have, like, a different spatial awareness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It doesn't seem... I have, I have a feeling, like, since we, we, we repeat the way we watch games so often that, like, it's sort of, like, isn't real in the way that we're watching it, mm. right? Like, and that's why it's so surprising to see it live in person because you're, like, looking at this... It's just... You're looking at the spatial separations differently and you can appreciate the moments where this person... You, you In a way, Did they're you see more, how hard someone's going into a tackle? And, and they're more real. Yeah. Like... When you're watching them on the screen, it's almost like they seem like FIFA guys mm -hmm. or like robots or digital people that have endless energy. Mm -hmm. But when you watch in person, you ha you get to watch them like stop. You could just like choose to focus on looking at them and then you get to watch them start. You're like, oh my God, this person's real? This is a real flesh and blood creature yeah, that yeah, can yeah. do this? Like this is next level. And so Messi has been that every time I've seen him. Maybe that's the reason why people really... I think still now, and you know, you just got his sixth Ballon d'Or or whatever. All these like accolades, wins or whatever. Like you just, you can't help but like. It does feel like some some semblance of like greatness is upon you. You're yeah. just like, oh my, like. It's such a simple game. We've seen it so many hundreds of times. Why is it so different when this person plays? Mm -hmm. Like, what is it about this person? Right. So, I've I've been so lucky to see him you know do that so often and i do think there's a chance I, I will have seen his last world cup goal unless he plays in 2022 shout out to pierce maher was on the podcast before um he he was there in russia with me and when we saw um him score against nigeria to get them into the mm -hmm. next round the whole stadium in st petersburg went absolutely bananas we actually had to like the final whistles like going he scored in the second half to win the game no, actually, he scored in the first half, and I forget someone else scored in the second that that won the game. But right after they scored, we had to like start moving out because we went and took a plane all the way to the other side of Russia to go see Carlos play for Mexico uh -huh. against uh, Sweden, the game that they ultimately lost, but yeah. they still got in uh, because of what the the good Korean boys did to the Germans. Yep. Um, so <laughs> yeah, seeing Messi play, uh, it's. It's something I wish everyone who loves this sport can do. Like, that's the best way I can describe it. You just want to share it. Yeah. You're just like, come see this right, individual. Right. And if you're listening to this and you're thinking about going to Europe to go watch a game somewhere, I don't even care if you're a Barcelona fan. Just go watch him. Because you, it's a chance we don't ever have another – well, we'll never have another Messi, but there's a chance we never have a player that's even in the ballpark that you could get to see live. So Heck yeah, man. I mean – you mentioned Korea, so we have to do. A, I have to do a Korea mention, but uh, I saw Cristiano and United do a friendly. Excuse me, it's not a World Cup in uh, Seoul, and I saw we were in the nosebleeds, my aunt and I, and um, seeing Cristiano from that high up, you felt like he was being pulled on strings by God. Like it was just <laughs> it, the way that he moved, especially, and you know all the all the practice time that he put in, like the mechanical nature of how hard that guy works but to see that guy move without the ball and in space like that was just i didn't it's a different 
and I, I saw him against a lot of Korean players, and Unsol was like, it's a, it's a different species of person, you know, <laughs> that came through. And so the great ones, truly, I think, regardless of how v- big the venue is, they shine, man. They're always there, and I think um, we're lucky enough to have seen some of the greats. I'm, I'm jealous now that I haven't been able to see Messi, but uh, man, I, Ronaldo was Ronaldo was special too. I think Ronaldo. I will say this: Ronaldo was more like Kobe. Sure. When I saw Kobe play live versus watching Ronaldo play live, I never saw Ronaldo play for United or for Real Madrid. I saw him play for Portugal uh-huh. um, at both World Cups and European Championships. But I did see Steph Curry play just once. And that's what Messi is to you? And he reminded me a lot of Messi. Mm. He was like, and people have made that comparison, I know, but. I don't think it's as like often the, as you think, bro. It's that's, the that's, nat- a good comp. that's a good comp. It's the nature of like their movements. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get what you're saying too. And how the how the, the like the acceleration and deceleration. I've only I haven't been to very many basketball games in the past few years, but a uh, good friend of mine has his family has courtside tickets mm-hmm. at the Sacramento Kings. Okay. And part of our yearly tradition Year, there for a yeah, while yeah, yeah. would go up there, watch a Kings game. And you just pick one of the teams that seems to be cool to watch. You know, watch Lakers once, watch LeBron play once. Mm. Um, and LeBron, I guess, is also in that same, like, category of, like, a Cristiano Ronaldo type. Like, sure. just, just powerful and, like, it's like a well-oiled machine yeah. type thing. Yeah, um, it's, it's like the difference of somebody who has the God-given talent, but they're neurotic enough to be, like, overly diligent and, like, overly disciplined on themselves. And there's guys who just have, like, the smaller thing, and they just, they're crafty as shit. Like, to me, like, Steve Nash would be the, you know, pre of mm-hmm. what Steph, Steph Curry, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then... Yeah, there's, yeah. There, yeah, there's just, like, a different type of fluidity. Right. Mm-hmm. It's more of, like, a... The improvisational a Water skill. versus, like, metal. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. know, kind of thing. But when I saw uh, Steph... Water when I, metal, when I When I saw Steph play... Uh, his this brother is, was playing, on a basketball. His brother was it. playing for Sacramento at the time. Cool. His, what's yeah. his brother's name? Seth. Seth. Seth Curry. So it's Seth and Steph, and you know where those seats are on the floor. It's funny. Um, just side note, I did organize the trip for when LAFC played the Sacramento Republic game. Oh, uh, okay. For the night before, the night before they, I think they played the Lakers, and we went to that game. And I saw Tom Penn, John Thornton, and Max Bedos there. Oh, shit. And their seats were not as good as our seats. Hey. I had to look back over at them. Like, hey, guys. Uh, Keep up, guys. And I knew John and Tom at the time, so I said what up to them. But, um, Damn, the Dewey's Flex episode, uh, no. baby. I love it. No, but the, the funny part about the Warriors game, which was, I think, the year before, I think the year that they were really good, uh. um, and all the commentary was about the two brothers playing each other. I don't know if they had played before or what, but they were playing each other and since we're sitting in the front they often take photos mm-hmm. of that area well i get like a text like halfway through the game because i was trying to this is like this total side note but the one time a year i usually post to my chinese version of chinese twitter for like all my chinese friends <laughs> it's called weibo i mean it's well it's weibo and weixin like wechat uh-huh. and i like do like these moments i always like post the basketball because china loves basketball uh-huh. so i always like post these photos and just like let, let like my friends there like enjoy these funny moments um and i was always trying to get this picture of like me and curry you know because <laughs> yeah. i just thought, I, I thought he was an amazing player like i actually remember i never watched march menace but i remember the year that davidson 
was really good and Steph Curry was on that team and then Jeez. like all of a sudden years and years later he was like a good basketball player yeah, for, yeah, in the yeah. NBA I was like what the hell that's so strange that I remember yeah, that there are many of I remember like, two March Madnesses in history and I guarantee you guys don't remember the first one but Mateen Cleaves the fuck is that for Michigan State like I don't even know when that was someone who listens to this is gonna know and then I remember Davidson's run with Steph Curry yeah um, so those are my like my basketball bag. Real but quick. you're pulling up your phone but right now. What I'm do you pulling have? up my phone because they did. I was trying to get this photo, you know, so I could post it on the Chinese uh-huh. internet. Uh-huh. And um, he's big in Asia. I yo. get I get a text from my friend's mom who was watching the game on TV uh-huh. or like online or whatever, and they're like, "Had Sacramento Kings had just posted a photo, and it's a photo of the two Curry brothers, <laughs> but right behind them." <laughs> Is this big floating mustache? Oh, oh wait, and so I, good. And now I do remember where it was. It was on Facebook. So uh, she saw it on Facebook and she sent it to us. And we're like, oh, look, I, I don't need to, you know, I don't need to like try, try. To angle and take this photo because like I've got the best photo right <laughs> yeah, here. That's yeah, that's great. But the funny thing is, the comments started to fill up uh-huh. underneath the photo, uh-huh. and they were like, oh, the brothers, the Curry brothers, and then like. Immediately after that, everyone who posts is posting about the mustache guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, everyone, like, the first person's like, yo, child molester, like, <laughs> that someone's like, what's Pablo Escobar doing in Sacramento? <laughs> that someone's like, wait, there's, like, some dude from, like, the 1800s, like, right over his shoulder. And ladies and gentlemen, that's how I knew I had to keep the mustache. At that yeah. time, it was probably more temporary. And yeah, I, yeah. And I decided. Really? And, and I, that and was I do, the moment. I do remember thinking, like, you know what? This is bringing joy and hilarity to some people, <laughs> bringing some laughs. When I was sure. living in Medellin, people would call me like Mario or Luigi, and I'm like, that's kind of funny. Yeah, then yeah. I'm like, okay, so so this is like just posted to the internet with like two of the most famous basketball players, and for some reason, the thing that people are laughing about is the mustache. So if you I can know, be that, wait, you know what though? What's craziest? I feel like I've seen that photo <laughs> and thought something about it, but you might have. I, I think it had like 500 oh, comments like that day or whatever. I feel like I've seen that shit before, <laughs> and it's just like, because it, it looks familiar to me. That's crazy, dude. This you is went a, viral. We, an FCFC exclusive. It could have been Pablo Escobar. Could have been a child molester. That's but probably it was gonna be the Big album Dewey's. cover for this yeah. episode. <laughs> it was dude. Big Dewey's with the Curry brothers out here in Sacramento. And I say all that to say that he, the the real reason that that game is such a good memory is is of how beautiful Steph Curry played. I know mm-hmm. you don't have to be a Warriors fan to have just been like, dude, this guy was like... Yeah. yeah. It's hard not to like him. Mm-hmm. He's just... It's like Messi. I mean, you can hate Messi if you want, but, like, what kind of monster are you? You, right, right. you just must not like the teams he plays for at that point. Yeah, yeah. Because he, he does nothing. Neither of these people have done anything wrong to anybody. <laughs> Leave them alone. <laughs> I mean, now Steph is kind of crawling up there as, like, maybe top 20 players of all time and in one of the most iconic photos of that he probably cherishes of playing against his brothers he probably has that up <laughs> in his room somewhere you know what i mean ah. you're in one of the curry brothers rooms it's the good it's sure. the good people of los angeles yeah is alex Dwyer. it's funny because sachi i mean there's like a whole there's like a row of eight of us right it's like my friend's parents company that has these tickets so it's like it could have been any of it's play. a role but of course i'm so like inquisitive right. for, the, for the people i was for I the was people philosophically at home watching this is legitimately courtside this is second <laughs> row courtside there's eight of eight of dweez's friends who i'm guessing is all just a cast of characters like himself and just posing they're just they're just, they're just voguing for the camera right now this is incredible <laughs> Oh, my so God. good. Oh, Sachi right next to you. Sachi's right next to Aww. me. But, of course, she's always a little bit obscured, just like she likes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, I think those are my best ones. I don't I, I don't know what baseball is like. If you watch someone, I'm sure if you watch, like, a no-hitter, it's pretty remarkable. But I don't know if you're, like, 
if you're blown away by the sheer athleticism of each pitch, like I don't know if it works that way. Basketball and and football, I kind of I think are unique in that way. I don't know. Maybe it's cool to watch like Brett Favre throw like a long bomb or whatever. Sure. I mean, uh, I think. Did you guys have any other any other sports memories that fit into that category? Or are they all football and basketball related too? I mean, seeing someone hit a very important home run is also. I mean, that's it's incredible to see live. Like that's. One it's incredible to see moves. live because like the energy in the stadium. Yeah, but is it, it like is it like a feat of like. You, is it the same kind of like wow? The the only only way visually no the sound of it just hitting off the the crack of the bat like all the oh, damn the Jesus crack. yeah the crack of the bat and mm-hmm. it seemed like this is gonna go somewhere and then just seeing it land Sports and watching wise, it go, I think across. it's the closest thing to the elation that's in in a stadium a um, of a goal mm-hmm. right because sure. it's it's a the little bit of a slower up, game yeah, the yeah. build up is always a little more so yeah I mean. Let me think. I've seen someone hit a half court shot for like, you know, one of those big amounts of Incredible. money. Incredible. I love that. Really? But yeah. I've oh, seen, I've yeah, seen, like the halftime. Yeah, that, half I got really excited about that. I think Bro. the game was trash. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like when that happened, I was like, ah! That's why they do that because yeah. the games can often be trash and people <laughs> yeah. will never talk about the game. Going uh, to hockey games is so much fun, but like seeing the puck is so much harder yeah, I want than it, it is like, when you watch it on TV. I want it to be like NHL on Fox when they used to have the little highlighter on the puck. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah have, you guys been to a, have you guys been to a fight? No. Okay, I haven't been to a fight either. I, I can imagine that see, being the energy for that and seeing someone get knocked out. I've heard people that had like kind of more nosebleed seats and it's kind of like you can't really see anything. Uh, I think a lot of sports are just more fun to watch on TV to be honest. No, like, for sure. I'm, I agree with you. Yeah. Like American football I, I think is a trash sport to watch live. Um, I've heard that as well. Yeah, because like people go for the tailgate. Yeah, and you know, like you're just used to when the fucking players are all huddled up, like for like however long, like a minute or whatever. Like they're showing replays on TV. Right, right. Whereas you're just watching a bunch of dudes standing in a circle together. <laughs> I mean, this is the beautiful thing about the beautiful game. It's just that the TV timeout doesn't exist. Oh, yeah. And the fans aren't just waiting there for two and a half minutes with nothing going on. Yeah, it's the perfect game for our modern lives. You know, hey. it's, it fits right in. You don't have to spend the oldest two game hours. In the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's over after well, that. Twelve hours for us, but two hours right. for you regular. Two people. hours of game time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I will say I'll dip into the winter sports thing real quick, or like skate and like extreme sports. Like, I don't think I've been to any big skating competitions, but I have like, you know, watching friends who are sponsored and who are like making video compilations stuff. Watching them like, you know, hard flip a ten stair, you're just like. Okay, this person could like break their neck. Yeah. Like with every t- so it's like it is like a thrilling watch. And then for snowboard, I used to judge snowboard competitions, and uh, what? Yeah, but the the downside is you can you have a judge per like one or two hits. Like you you don't when you're watching it live, you can't watch it all. Like mm-hmm. it's better to watch on TV if you want to see like the whole run. Yeah. You're yeah. just watching like a big air competition, and you're just I never judged a big air competition. I only judged like a slope style competition. Mm-hmm. Um. And so you can watch it from, like, that vantage point. Halfpipe, I guess, would be better to watch. And Ryan, shout out Ryan Wallerson, good friend of the FCFC pod. I know he's watched many a, uh, a halfpipe competition. I believe he wrote one of the first articles ever about Chloe Kim. Good friend of Chloe Kim. Um, and I love you, Chloe Kim. He, you know, he's always, he's always up on the latest. But having watched those and having watched Olympic ski racing, and my older brother was a ski racer, uh, those are both cool, but you only get to watch that little segment. You I know, And so you are, you are, like, damn. 
especially if you ski or snowboard, you're like, I can't believe yeah. how high they're going, or I can't believe like how risky that trick is, or they're inverted for like way too long. Mm. Like, how are they gonna live with themselves? <laughs> um, that's cool to watch in person, but again, I don't think it's quite as much of like an athletic. You're not marveling at at the athletic spectacle as much as you are watching right. great football or great basketball. Well, no, I'm I'm going to add some things to the FCFC to-do list along with the FCFC waiting on the Howland Rains Rays line experience <laughs> with us is also the sports experience that we need to see. So, I think Winter Games having the FCFC boys just go out and watch watch some half pipe going on would be incredible. Also, what about some uh, horse racing? Live with FC, FCFC call over here? I heard horse oh, racing is pretty we wild. We can't support Santa Anita Park right now. Is there something bad with them? Horses just keep dying. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. Okay, so no horse racing. Hey, we do miss Hollywood Park, though. Hollywood Park had its charm. I don't yeah. know if you guys ever went. Stop sending your horses to Santa Anita, you <laughs> fucking horrible rich people. <laughs> well, I think this trip down memory lane was, uh, was valuable because now you know that we're all in our bag with all of our experiences and we know what the fuck we're talking about. But also, I think... <laughs> this, I don't know if this part of the <laughs> segment said any of that. But go it on. did. It okay. did. But this transition is for sponsored by. No, this transition is because I wanted to really hear about where the hell we were in our sporting and our personal lives when we first heard about LAFC. You know, our first memory with LAFC and why we took to this team so hardcore. And I think we've heard, you know, like bits and pieces of this story for each one of us in the past, but. Why the hell were we so susceptible to this new club in town? And is there something to do with our past sports lives and going to games and going to tailgates? And what do we want out of it? So I think even for when we're thinking about, you know, Crest launch or even when the logo was first launched, like where the hell were you guys in your life when uh, you heard about LAFC? And why LAFC? <laughs> Not even YLC now. Why LAFC then? I think that's a, that's a more interesting question for the listeners <coughs> of the pod, who know who know us as just North End creatures. Shit, what was I doing at that time? That was what. What was I doing? I can kick it off. Yeah, you kick it off. I remember being. I don't remember the first instant that I saw like the text on the screen. I obviously heard about it through the internet, mm. like so many other people. And it was for sure still in 2014. Um, the club was announced October 30th. It's probably in November. Might have been a news story. Might have been a Howler news story. Might have been somehow on Twitter. And I remember signing up just right away. I don't think I even questioned it. I don't even think I thought about it. I don't even think anything. I just remembered texting Ben, texting my Your mom. Your cousin Ben. My cousin Ben. Shout out Benny Blanco if you haven't listened to that episode. It's a gem. Slim's on a yacht during that one. <laughs> or a cruise ship. Texted my mom, texted Ben. Put down a season, po- the season ticket deposit. That sounds great. Um, boom. Email sent. But then, like, what happened afterwards, when I actually kind of committed in my head, was I kept driving around L.A. on the freeways. Where else do you have great ideas? I don't know if it was a great idea, but I couldn't stop thinking about it. I couldn't stop thinking about the possibility. 
Yeah. And it nagged at me. And I had just gotten a job working for a library on the west side, ironically at the same elementary school where my parents met in the fifth grade, where all my family went to elementary school. And I was gonna do a year at the library, be around books, be around youngins. And of course, when you're around youngins in 2014, you have to go get training about being around them. And I'm like, I don't know what this is. It's a religious school, and so you had to, you had to get like certified that you weren't in danger to kids or something. Some like they saw that mustache and they're like, you got to yeah, take no, this course twice. You, you had to. Everyone had to go, and so I was driving from Los Feliz to this church in a Catholic church in Pasadena to do this training, and that was where I on that drive is when I decided, okay, I've thought about this way too much. I need to write this article. I'm gonna pitch it to whoever takes it. I mean, it's a list of, it's a wish list for this club because I can't stop thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And that wish list became Dear LAFC, I Love You, mm -hmm. Don't Fuck It Up, published by Howler and I guess that was April 2015. And that's my story. Well, the other, the last caveat I'll add before robbing more airtime is when I was in South Africa 2010 in a neighborhood called Melville sitting in this like really dark pizza shop with a bunch of Argentines who I had like started hanging around with to watch I was following Argentina with team specific tickets and this guy was talking to me we had been talking in Spanish but he had switched to English because he wanted to practice and he was like asking me about my club and I'm like well yeah I'm an Arsenal fan he's like no no, no but like what's your club like, at home and I'm like he's like don't you have a isn't there a team aren't there, isn't there a team I don't think he knew the galaxy I'm like, yeah, there's a team, but I don't really like that team. Yeah, yeah. I'm not really about it. And he was like, I don't know if I've ever said this on the podcast or in one of the episodes we didn't end up releasing, but he was like, struck the fear of God into me. And he was just like, he was a Boca fan. And he's like, when you go to the Bombonera and you look at like these plaques on the stadium of like the first supporters, he's like, those are the people who are like legends to us, like gods to us or whatever. And I was like, okay, like creepy guy, like <laughs> I'm, I don't care, like I don't like the galaxy that much. And he's like, you don't know what it's, you don't know what it means to like be part of something from the beginning. Yeah, he, he started like doing all this prophecy shit, and then I really did think about him on those drives, like thinking about how weird it was that I like would go to all these like even like charity events for the LA Gooners, and this team's like thousands of miles away, mm -hmm. yet I wouldn't even show up to my local team just because it. I just didn't like the team enough. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was like the moment where I was like, you know what? You know what, guy? Dark pizza shop in Melville, <laughs> Johannesburg. I take up your challenge. <laughs> well, just for article. the listeners that haven't heard it before, what was on that article in that list, that wish list that you So you can Google it? this wish list. It's called Dear LAFC, I Love You, Don't Fuck It Up. Please Google it. Dweez gets paid by click, so. I get paid. You know what's cool about writing is every time someone looks at your name, you get $100 in your bank account. Beautiful. We're all, all writers are incredibly rich, and yep, the internet made us millionaires. I'm a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> Happy. You hear my millionaire laugh right now? Because I know exactly what you're talking about. Dude. Yeah, see, that's Josh. He's a writer, too. We're millionaires together. That's hey. why we started this podcast. Slim's our manager. <laughs> Um, 
No, it's if I believe you can still find it. Yeah, just by googling that. And yeah, the ten things are <coughs> big ones like the colors, the crest, the. I think I advocated that they keep. No, I didn't. I, I said either keep red and black or red and purple. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. They did me one better with the gold. I think. I think black and gold's perfect. Red and purple. Was I an told option? them. No, I black and purple. Oh, I, yeah. I'm just guessing, dude. I'm like sitting in my room or on the freeway, like thinking these things up. I had no idea that like black army and you know what became the District Nine Ultras were like already meeting with people and all that. Like I was, I was not involved in the Chivas USA days whatsoever. Um, and then the first time I met, like a month month after that, was the first time I met like. Or I, I was in the same place that Fern, Fernando Varela and Monty had first come to their first event, which is yeah. that watch party for the Champions League. Mm -hmm. Again, Lionel Messi doing his damn thing against Juventus. But, uh, yeah, so that was like a month, a month after. But in this article, I'm just like in my wildest dreams, just like thinking things up. Like literally no yeah. contact with the outside world, no contact with the club, no anything. Um, and I suggested that, but, but the other ones were like, I mean, the big one is the downtown stadium. I think that was like the first thing I was like, this stadium needs to be in downtown mm -hmm. has to, has to, has to, has to, has to prophecy to prophecy, man. Uh, one of them was the name. I said it was perfect. Don't change it. Cause they did announce it as Los Angeles football club. And yeah. You know, I was like, it's great. Like, please don't change this. Um, I made, like, a lot of jokes in the writing to, like, other existing clubs and, like, other things. But another one was, like, the beer. Like, I wanted just, like, a local beer option. And I mentioned, like, actually, I think I mentioned Angel City and Golden Road and um, Eagle Rock. And then I also talked about the music. I was like, please don't, like give us the same old stadium like yeah yeah fair jock um, jams yeah mm -hmm. don't give us that please i'm like you I actually told them to like hire like someone from like the low end theory i like suggest i'm like you have like all these like <laughs> these like musical geniuses like just hire someone to like create like a musical yeah. like experience while you're there which they've sort of done like with the different djs that they yeah, bring yeah, in yeah. and they they probably strike a better balance than my like esoteric interests would have Yep, like, they do for sure. I can say know, that confidently. They get they get people they get people up. I know, <laughs> I know. Just based on Slim's reaction at the barbecue when he was just like, "Dude, we've got like thirty people in the backyard, and you're playing this." Shit? <laughs> so it's not all about me in this wish list, although I tried to make it as such. Yeah, and the rest of them were just like, th like one of them was like even like I mentioned Will Ferrell, in it. I mentioned uh, Roy Choi in it about bringing the food, mm. like which food elements to bring in and. He wasn't. He didn't actually get into the stadium. But he was in, I think, one of the promo videos. Once it was, it was a little weird to like watch all of that come to life. And I do remember talking. That's a whole other story, which I think I've told on the podcast before. But like the first time I met Rich and him, like remembering that article and like yeah, showing man. me that they had their own list, which you know, can maybe never, we were on the same page. Can never knock Rich's memory, man. Yeah, that shit's crazy. <laughs> you know, as well as like I don't even care that if people read that article or not, but your article was in the ether and the atmosphere, and it was just that the fact that it existed, I think, s speaks to just how weirdly and how how uh, how beautifully formed this thing was because the fact that that was in the air already meant that 
I couldn't stop thinking right about side. it. Yeah. Like, I, I can't stress that enough. Everything I said about writing before was a complete lie. We get paid nothing. It's horrible. Like, <laughs> the, condi- the working conditions are damn near, like, rock bottom. Like, I'd rather be pouring cement. Way to suspend the disbelief for, uh, for five minutes. So if I really am going to write something, especially something like that, like, I just am too obsessed. Like, I yeah, can't yeah, yeah. not write this. And I had, like, just, I had thought about it for too many months. And I was like, okay, like, I'm just putting this out there. And thankfully, the good people at Howler were, like, about it. And they thought it was funny. They made me, like, tone down the galaxy, like, hatred a little bit. <laughs> but it's still quite a bit in there. Like, I suggest they move to San Diego and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, I don't know. It was it was in the ether, I suppose, but I never thought anyone read it until I met. I thought me and my cousin read it, and one day when we have Casey Sosa on, I'll, he'll tell you about our yeah. initial phone calls when I was a season ticket holder, and I would just tell him to keep reading my article, and I would just bother the hell out of him to give me free stuff. What a dick! <laughs> and he, it, dude, okay, I'm just gonna wait on that until he's here. But um, yeah, I, I thought Ben and I were the only two people that read it, but go lo and behold. Of course, like, one of the three articles that even existed about the team at the time, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, the people in the club read, and so it was pretty cool to hear about all that, like, a couple of years after mm-hmm. the fact. And, yes, everyone will tell you that I need to get the tattoo that I promise at the end of it. If you do, I think I said something so ridiculous. Like, if you just do three of these things. That's how low my bar was. <laughs> I was like, if you guys just do three of these things, I'll get a tattoo. I'll replace the planned Arsenal tattoo, which I almost got. After they lost to Birmingham City in the league, such an Arsenal thing to do. I almost got, but <laughs> instead I bought a hundred wings. Instead I bought a hundred wings at Kyochan, and just went home and ate them. And <laughs> what like what a better myself, story that is! What than, I made myself, the Arsenal tattoo. <laughs> but I promised in the article, I was like, "I'll re- I'll replace the Arsenal tattoo I'm gonna get with an LAFC tattoo." Love and it. yes, Rich has never let me forget it, and neither have other people. And yes, maybe it'll have to happen. Now that I'm not covering the club from a completely neutral journalistic perspective anymore, it will. And we have some news <coughs> on that for the for the, the the year of our Lord 2020, is that Dweez will no longer be writing for MajorLeagueSoccer.com. I hey. I I mean we'll see. I I might I might like do if they want to do a longer story, could be interested. Mm-hmm. But I won't be doing regular news coverage now. Uh-huh. Graduating to bigger and better things, baby. Always, always, always. I'm just going to be permanently recording in the backyard. 24-hour pod. Ray talked about doing the 24-hour pod. I just have been so inspired that I'm just going to do the 24-hour pod every day of the year in 2020. (laughs) It's been going swimmingly so far. Incredible. As we record this. Oh, man, I can't imagine what 24 hours inside the brain of Louise would be like. (laughs) These days, it's a lot more calm than it might seem. (laughs) Okay, now that I took up half of the podcast talking about the first time I heard about LAFC, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you guys have had time to generate and germinate. Uh, when I first heard about LAFC, it was because uh, Ben Chi started working for the club. Uh, he was, I had known him since we were in high school, middle school. Um, he's actually the one that like got me into, like back into the soccer world, because, you know, like I said, Korean fans come and go with World Cups. Uh, I was working with Ben at a marketing agency for a bit. Um, is that your cat? Different cat. Different cat. No bando. All right. Never mind. Just cats walking through the We way. got Get cats walking cat. through. We got uh, Kitty Meow Meow, our official cat, who, yes, uses the human toilet. Yes, he does. Um, Going to get a 
we're gonna get that cat finally spayed soon, so we're not gonna have to worry if it gets oh, out. Nice. Because there are some prowling males oh, looking yeah. to get things done. One of whom just walked by us, like did not give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> fuck out of here, cat. Um. And once he started working for the club, one of the things that he told me was that, hey, like, my boss, who we now know as Richard Roscoe, wants to start a Korean supporters group. And, uh, yeah, he, he gave me a call. He had kind of tried to sell me on it for a little while. Um, I had seen his Instagram stories of, you know, rallies, smokes being parked off they had songs and chants already and i was like wait i thought you were working for the galaxy <laughs> Classic. Hey. Classic. but no he told me that it was a new club coming um and i was like okay so all those people that are like gathering and singing and chanting like so i googled it and like there's nothing about the club so I'm like, all right, like, what's going on? What are these people doing there? Made me curious. And then uh, Ben set up a dinner with me, uh, Deech, Sue, Ben, Rich, and Pat. And, um, you know, Rich just kind of got into to his story that he s- said on the pod before about how he saw a World Cup uh, watch party at the... Uh, is it what? Radio Korea Radio Korea building um, against Uruguay yeah and he just saw like you know how we kind of showed out for for World Cups and he was impressed by it and he, he saw you know once he started LAFC he kind of had that vision of being a club for LA's people and, and he saw that there was a fan base of football fans in LA and Koreatown so um, yeah, he asked us if we wanted to to start the first uh, Asian supporters group in the MLS. Um, it didn't take us long. I mean, we had Sue, who was already um, uh, the president of the Chelsea Blues at the time. Uh, Deech, who knew absolutely nothing about soccer uh, and was just Raider Nation, and he understood the fandom in the community. Raiders. Shut up, man. Knicks and Raiders are trash. Hey. Um, <laughs> six and six, baby. Come on. Come yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, from there we just we just kind of started getting together. There there was no LAFC yet. My first LAFC event was uh, the Carlos Vela press conference. Was it? Where yeah. They set underneath up the stage. The, underneath the. Uh... No, it was a Christmas tree lane. Oh, that must have been later that day or after. They they unveiled him like underneath the shuttle, uh, under the space shuttle. Oh, okay. Maybe it was later that day. Yeah. The, yeah, I think it was later that. They day. had like a little fan fest. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I was still very awkward at the time, uh, so I didn't even stay for the whole thing. Once Vela got off stage, I was gone. The first watch party I went to was when um, it was the MLS Cup final. Of yeah. the year before, yeah. Of the year before, because once that game ends was when our lives started. Mm-hmm. Um, even then, I was like, oh, it's too crazy. It's too many people. Right when the match ended, I was out of there, too. Um, and I think the day that I fell in love with the 3252 community, I think I've said it on the pod before, was uh, our first Dodgers night where we took over like a little section of the pavilion. Uh, 
now I know that that was Chicky Lean's first event too. Uh, I think that was one of Benny's first events too. Um, but Chicky starting the wave, running his big old grizzly ass up and down the pavilion trying to start the wave. Um, you know, singing to people in the outfield for scratching their butt. Um, singing to the cops who kept having to come over to tell us not to cuss. Um, yeah, man, it. That's kind of when I first felt it that this was like. Well, that's the first time I fell in love with it. The other times I was still an oppressed Asian. Like, all right, this is too much. These fools are too loud. Like, if they came in my establishment, I would hate them. Yeah. <laughs> But roll it back for us, man, because I think you say, like, oh, like, my Ben Ben Chi kind of hit me up about stuff, and I, I wanted to join, or I was thinking about it, but I know that you guys were friends before, and your coworkers even, but people who know Ben know that he's, you know, of conviction, someone of conviction, and someone who is very passionate about the Korean community and Korean sports, mm-hmm. but that aside, like, and I know that Rich has folded in fairly quickly and all this, but... What did it take for your friend Ben to be like, sell you on this thing, right? Not even sell you, but like, why did you even take the dinner with Rich in the first place if you had no interest in, you know, like a LA soccer experience? I'll be honest, I didn't. I don't think it took that much to sell me. Uh-huh. Um, Ben's my friend, so I trust him, uh, and I'm more of like. Like, fuck it, try it before you hate it, you know? So I could have went there, and if Rich wasn't rich and, you know, so eloquently, like, sells you on shit, maybe I wouldn't have kind of been sold on it. Yeah. But it was it was that heart of, I think Dweez helped me with my bio, or <laughs> helped me with my bio, he wrote my bio, and uh, he said, like, I, I don't like being a cookie-cutter Korean, and I try to portray that and I don't know what's more non cookie cutter than fucking being a loud ass supporter yeah yeah you know in LA throwing beer singing chanting causing a ruckus um I was sold on that I was sold on like representing like you know where I'm from Korea um the people from it and during those times especially was you know um where Asians were or everyone was just kind of being more empowered right so I just kind of wanted to have a representation of of the more rambunctious type Koreans um yeah and I think I just it didn't take much selling at all I like I said Ben's um Instagram stories of D9 and Black Army and the other supporters that were around when it all started you know, acting like hooligans kind of sparked my curiosity already. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just kind of jumped into it. And once once I spoke to Rich, I mean, I mean let's be honest, we, we were still kind of, we didn't know where it was going to go. It started with, like, four of us doing uh, South Korea um, World Cup qualifier matches at, like, 5 in the morning at Bongmaru Jung, who's, I don't think he's there anymore, right? Nope. Um or sold. Yeah, and we had everyone from like old grandparents show up to, you know, a l- like staff from LAFC would come out to support, and that's little things like that is what kind of sells you on it is like these 
these people aren't just telling you to start it and like you go go on your merry ways and handle it they were actually supporting the cause and and being kind of with you every step of the way and for a major club in any sport to do that it, none of this shit makes sense the 3252 LAFC whatever like none of this really makes sense and that's kind of what I love about it what about you man what was what was the story of how you got into this how this took over your whole fucking life <laughs> <laughs> damn I think um when Rich was on and he asked why LAFC again, like I, I was thinking about a way to say it, and I, I came out with like LAFC is the answer, which is like completely fucking sacrilegious and also probably correct in a lot of ways for me. I mean, we all know T is the answer, though, right? This is incorrect, but <laughs> we'll we'll let you ride with that for for as long T's as you want to. T is the answer. You're right. You're right the right. answer. Yeah, T. man. It's T. It could come in. See, T. T is the answer. I think it was just, uh, I was at a point where I committed to Los Angeles and I committed to live here and I was on, I was trying to go to all the United fan, United games early in the morning and Ooh. trying to link up with MULA and then that same feeling of even reading on Red Devils Reddit was just like, you know, support your local and how important that is. And so I had, you know, a lesser version of what you had in, um, in <coughs> South Africa, Dewey's, but it was the fact that I wanted something that was American, but also something from a city that I loved and I grew to love. And then I saw the the logo Crest video come through, talking about you know the heart of the city and and one by one and what Art Deco meant. I had no idea what the hell Art Deco was <laughs> at the time, but it's it's wild because I think you look at content, you look at videos like that, and then you see if they stand the test of time. And that video, I go back to it because it's so it's as true today as it was when they first first made that video in the first place, right? Yeah. And so I think that's that's a good mark of, they knew what they were doing to a certain extent, and then I linked up with um, some of the the OG, OG TSG members, including Ben, who I who I heard about and seen through the FC Dorsum stuff, his, his soccer lifestyle brand, and had met once before then, but like, honestly, that like 5 a.m. watch party for Korea against Iran, I think, at Mokmada Jung was, I've never felt as clear of a, like, this is my people moment, mm. you know? It was just like, we're all out here, and all we want to talk about is soccer on non-World Cup year. Yeah. And I was like, this is kind of what I've been waiting for. I just got a flashback of the watch party when everyone was just sitting there. It started at 5, so you couldn't start selling alcohol till 6. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so right when it hit 6, we all started popping soju bottles. It was 6 terrible. in the morning, we all had work that day. Yeah. Oh, my God. And it was a beautiful time, man. It was a 0-0 draw, and uh, it was a shitty game, and we were out there just, just rooting for it and, and cheering on. <laughs> it was pretty. Those games were so miserable. We were so bad back then. <laughs> but, Dweez, I even remember when we met really for the first time when you sat down to interview kind of the TSG people at Beer Belly. Mm -hmm. We still had really no idea about what we wanted to do other than we wanted to rep Koreatown. Yeah, and we I didn't really have our identity. No, exactly. And then it was literally the f four out of the seven of us that were kind of TSU at the time. And the fact that you had the nerve to, <laughs> to sit down and talk and interview us and talk about our experiences and really help us all lay it out. And I think that happened again, Sam, where it was just like, 
non-World Cup year. Mm-hmm. We're just talking about our soccer experience. And, of course, Korea comes up because it's a big part of our sporting history and all that. But I got to learn about a lot about Sue and her and her Chelsea days and, like, talked about these guys with United and following United in L.A. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, again, these are, like, my people, you know? And I think again and again through and through, like, that, that Crest video continues to prove true because it's, it's general enough where it talks about the heart of the city, you know, and the people of the city, but... The genius part about that is that we get to fill in the blank, mm-hmm. right, in a lot of ways. And I think each and every time I felt empowered to do so mm-hmm. by not only the front office and the staff over there, but by the people I'm standing next to and talking about this thing for way too long. And so, yeah, man, just I think I was really ready for it. At the same time, I could not have imagined or pictured what it would turn into. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm increasingly proud of it every single day. I remember meeting Josh for the first time for real, though. Do you remember meeting for the first time? Was that a game? Or yeah. a bar? What the, where, where, did, where did we say hello? Rich introduced us. Yep. At an academy game. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The academy game versus the Galaxy. <sighs> yeah. Was that the first ever academy game against the Galaxy? I don't think so. Were you there? Is that the one where... D9 was all popping their smokes and all that? Yeah. I think so. Or uh, maybe it was the first one then. Cal State. I wasn't Cal- it was at Cal State LA, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was at the one that was at the Galaxy Stadium, I think. Okay. Well, I think that's the first time. I still, I, I remember like earlier on, like even when we went to um, watch the preseason UCL, at UCLA against, I think, Vancouver it was. Yeah. And I brought one of my friends who was like telling people to like to sit down because he couldn't see. Uh-huh. And then I, I think it was Julio was like... It, Hey brother, like we don't do that here. <laughs> we don't sit th- we don't do that here. Sounds so crazy. Yeah, if you don't yeah, understand yeah. the three two five two culture. And this <laughs> was this was JJ. This is shout out my, my my boy JJ, who was like my my best friend. Like is like a bas- Syracuse basketball through and through. Was used to the the college basketball life and like the the fanaticism come out of that. And then when he was like, "Hey, I can't see." And then Julio just turns around and says, "We don't do that here." Or like, <laughs> we, don't, said, we don't look here. We don't watch the game. Here. He said, "He said he's, he's like, he's like, can you sit down?" And he's and Julio just turns out and he's probably even said, "Can you?" Sit? He was like, "Can you sit down? Sit down." And then Julio was just like, "We don't do that here." <laughs> and I was just like, "Wow, that sounds so nuts." If yeah, you don't yeah, understand yeah. the culture, man. And it's it was so good. it was crazy. It was wild. I think that game ended a tie because that was the first time I saw Carlos Velo bend one into the goal. Mm-hmm. It was a free kick. I remember that shit. Urania probably scored that. He did score that yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. loved to score in preseason. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, damn, this is all the craziest memories, man. But I do think that's why that that you, I mean, you remember so, we met. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm happy that there are so many people who caught the wave later, and I hope people continue to catch the wave. Um, but for me, it's like you know, I'll always remember the days before everything, and. You know, I think the people who got involved at that period of time, um, everyone kind of came to it with a similar, their own version of the similar story of just possibility. Yeah. What mm-hmm. it could be. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that's just so rare, man. Like, we're adults. Like, we've understood that the world will, like, beat the hell out of you by now, you know, or it can if you let it. You don't often feel that like glowing sense of possibility. Just like, doesn't just naturally occur. Mm-hmm. Um, there has to be this like energy that you feel, and I think the one 
consistency between all three of our stories that we just told was like I think at the core the sense of possibility the sense of there was an optimism of like starting something new and what it could be Mm -hmm. and that was shared throughout and that door was always opened by the people who worked for the club but it was also open from my remembering to everyone on all sides so thank thanks to everyone who was involved in the early stages and who were involved more than any of us here because they set the tone that was that possibility like prone tone right and i think even we hit on possibility right now and i just because we brought up the ucla or i brought the ucla game and the possibility of los angeles at that point in time i believe real madrid was also holding practice at the same time in that game was and so i'm i can almost I will, i'll say i think i saw marcelo on the back of a golf cart and Zidane just kind of driving through campus, getting through, getting through campus, so they can practice in the other field, and like talk, talk to us about like that's like that's crazy that it could only happen because it's a the inner international Champions League kind of preseason tournament. But I mean, we're all there for LAFC, and all of a sudden, fucking possibly the best left back in the world and one of the greatest players in the world are just driving through on golf carts to get to the other side of the pitch. Like mm-hmm. this is like truly only an LA story in the summer you know and I think that's the wild part of it well if we're gonna bring up possibility why not bring up what Louis said when he was on Louis of Nikki Sports yeah that LA's gonna become the best soccer city in the world yeah mm. like in his opinion it kind of like already is it in already a way was. And yeah, like, yeah. you hear that and again, you sort of think it's crazy, but then it's like if you do open your mind and you think about, well, what if it could be? Mm-hmm. And this is just the beginning of that. Yeah, that's kind of, I mean, that's kind of been LAFC's MO is just not only what if, but like, why not? Mm-hmm. And that's why it always, it always felt bigger than soccer, bigger than MLS, bigger mm-hmm. than, it has always felt global and it's always right. felt, for us, because again we're involved before there's players coaches whatever mm. it always felt like it was about people first and people culture community connection and that's pretty much why in my opinion why we started this podcast was because we fell in love with the, the community and the people first because we were here before there was a bob or there was a carlos vela so you had to fall in love with the community and the way it was functioning prior to what it is now or just yeah, and, know, I, and I think that been there. I think that some people who often are exposed to the club <coughs> now probably do come to a game first, but I do hope that they come early enough to where they get to see the tailgate and they get a taste of that community, or they, or they notice what happens in the north end, or maybe they start asking questions, or maybe they see stuff online. Maybe that that is still what's drawing people the most is that sense of, and it doesn't even have to be only people from LA. I mean, the fact that Ipe flew over again, it, you know, bought his. MLS Cup ticket in advance and flew back just mm. to go to it. You know, this kid who lives in Hiroshima, like the all, our, our shout out to LAFC Australia, the you know the folks in Europe that all watch. Um, I think I've said it before, but yeah, like to me, like Los Angeles has always felt like a city that can belong to everyone. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you have a you have a part in the story to play mm-hmm. as long as you come real. As you as you come authentic, and despite the f- some of the messages people say about this city, it's because of how much fakeness we see 
<laughs> when something is real, mm-hmm. like it's super special. Right. And like the fakeness wears off once you see it in real life, right? I think the the wild, crazy thing about Ipe's story over here was he brought it back to Japan when uh, Colombia was playing a friendly there. Mm-hmm. And then he held a poster with Atuesta and Segura's name in Jersey and mm-hmm. LA and, and LAFC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was, I mean, that talk about, I mean, without being so self-referential yeah, like global, that club, right? global club that's like fcfc shit right there dude mm-hmm. that's like if someone who falls in love with the culture so hard that when a colombian team when the colombian national team comes over with two lafc players which is incredible by itself he wants to make sure that there's he's seen with yeah. the la is seen on the global stage i think those are the u23s too yeah so shout out to ipe for just getting out there and doing it i mean think about it that he shows up at the stadium because of lafc mm-hmm I don't know. I mean, I don't know Ipe well enough. I don't know that he's going to go to the U23 game otherwise. Yeah. I'm not even sure if it was in Hiroshima. He might have had to travel for that. That's crazy, man. I love that, man. This club gives you a kinship and a kind of family bloodline with anyone who's ever had a relationship with this thing, right? Mm-hmm. And in that case, like it was, he was lucky enough where it was two players that were beloved by the fan base and the supporter base here. But... Man, like how, how how much of LA and how much of home must they have they have felt when they saw that sign and LAFC's logo out there in Japan, right? I think that's yeah. And for the first and so, some of these first international players who are taking a real chance in their careers coming to LA and yeah. feeling this thing out, they don't know what you know. In Atuesta's case, I think he signed after like the second game or the first game or maybe you know I think they were still in preseason, so maybe the second first preseason game, but he comes over and. You know, he's gambling a lot mm. on, on the chance of of what it could mean. And so those players, the feeling's mutual for them. Mm. I've spoken to every single player on the team mm. in the first two seasons. And the one thing that is consistent is that they love the community and they feel the love from the community. And in all of their own little ways, I think they've been in awe of how it could happen as quickly too so those messages are getting relayed in locker rooms around the world because people are asking about it and there's only going to be one answer right now that lfc tattoo <laughs> <laughs> and on that note we will take our first break and be back with whatever the hell we want to talk about next are back the backyard fcfc pod tea with dweez 2020 is here the white tea keeps pouring up Ooh, it's white tea today it's a white tea today guys let's talk about fame let's talk about fame <laughs> i don't know where, no. where is this going i want to hear some of slim's stories about hanging out with famous people <coughs> yeah taking peas next to rappers that you know and that i don't put in my top five dead or alive much to the chagrin of sticks <laughs> if you know that episode you'll get the reverence and we'll get that to that in a second i want to hear about josh spice's run-ins perhaps at the ace hotel i could see him run into some people at the ace hotel but 
one thing in the realm of notoriety that I wanted to talk about, first of all, was when we started a podcast, we didn't know anyone was going to listen to it. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, some people listen to it. And sometimes people come up to you that you don't know and say they listen to your podcast. How does that make you feel, Slim? Um, at first, it makes me feel awkward. Because like we said, uh, off, off mic, it's... You know, we would just be doing this regardless just because we love doing it. We love talking about the community that that we have so much adoration for. Um, so at first it's a little awkward because it's like, oh, like... Because right, my run-in was I was at a tailgate. I was laughing about something. And someone comes up to me and goes, hey, are you from FCFC? Yeah, boy. <laughs> Um, so I was recognized. I know that laugh. <laughs> yeah, I was recognized by my laugh, and I'm sure there's not that many people in North End, like you know, and they they knew that it was Korean dudes that were doing the pod, so I'm sure it was a little easier to narrow down. Uh, but yeah, so that one was it was cool, just because I mean they must have been listening for a decent amount of time if they could recognize someone from their laugh, right? Um, so I felt honored, man. It's it's always dope. We do it because we love it and we love the community, but we also do it so that we can share the story of, you know, how we came to love this club, the people that that created this culture that we fell in love with. We're just kind of trying to set up a platform for those people, for, for, for the story to live on, because this is still the beginning of everything for us. Um, the marath- yeah, so the marathon continues. The marathon continues. It's It's been dope, man. Josh Bice, how do you feel? Have you had people tell you that they listen to your podcast that you didn't previously know? Yeah, shout out to the homie Adrian, who's uh, we've been bonding over his love of uh, the Clippers and my employment there. So it's uh, <laughs> it's been it's been dope. But he's been he was saying that he was really excited to listen to the Mom Thelma episode, and he was like kind of saving that. Oh, you know? Adriano. Yeah, Adriano. And so he was out here and. Uh, Man, it's just cool because, like, me and him were just talking sports. Me and him, were, I just knew that we got along on a certain level already. And so for him to have already have kind of dug deeper into something that I really care about was super awesome to hear that he was, like, waiting and looking forward to hearing it, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's it's really all love. I think when people are just, like, when people come up to, you know, either one of us and just say, like, oh, I'm a you know huge fan. Like, this is crazy. Like, mm-hmm. well, I really just always say, like, this is for all of us, man. Like, this is for... For us and you, especially, who are listening, talking to me right now, because it's like you're as much part of building this thing as as we are, and yeah. so it's all love going that way, man. I think if as long as we do right by the people listening, which are right now everyone who has built this club together, mm. like I feel so good about that. Mm. Yeah, I, shout, w- shout out to all the Adrians because through this podcast, my last job came from the homie Adrian, hey. uh, yeah. husband of uh, midfield chicks. Amy, hey, <laughs> or mid center chicks, center mid chicks, center mid chicks, center mid chicks. Yeah. All right, I just went through all the different types of names you guys could have had for your pod. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, my last job came uh, because Adrian listens, and then uh, he, his cousin in law had an opportunity. Um, so shout out all the Adrians that are listening, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, just, I'm obviously joking about actual fame but i did think it was kind of funny that like when we started all this we were we weren't sure if we'd make it every week and then like people started listening and that was pretty cool and now that we're in season two 
you know, I do want to double down on what Josh said. Like, this is yours. I see this as like a community outlet. Mm. And so if you've got a story to tell, like, and you want to talk about it. Yeah. We can probably squeeze you in on the pod. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, at some point. So don't be afraid to come up and, and talk about it. and Or hit us on the gram or Twitter. Yeah. I mean, speaking about stories, I think Sam, you peed next to somebody. <laughs> yeah, so that's, I mean, that's, that's why I, I thought of the actual, we can now talk about real famous people. And uh, Sam's been around the famous block. We, we, He's been we, around Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> we kind of talked about, we kind of talked about that classic LA cliche of running into famous people. And Sam was just like, yeah, I don't really even care about them anymore. In fact, I hate them. And I was like, whoa, Slim. And you're like, yeah, I want them all off the earth. And I'm like, whoa, Slim. Where's this violence coming from, Slim? No, no, man. Um, Yeah, actually, when I... Shit, like, right when I turned 21, not that long after, my pops needed me to help come come help with his sneaker company. Um, Just doing sales and warehouse work. And, uh, at the time, he was doing trade shows like the Magic Show in Vegas before whatever it is that it's turned into now. Uh, Magic in Vegas was like the place where if if famous people were part of fashion, they were going to be there. So um, through that, I kind of networked with people. I was I started going to clubs by myself because I was there with like my my dad and my sisters doing these week-long trade shows so I would just go out to these these uh, corporate industry parties um, sit in the smoking section and just fucking hand out business cards um, like during the show one time my booth was a little ways down from when Rockaware had a booth there so when I went to take a piss um, I'm taking a piss and, and I look over and Jay-Z's taking a piss next to me yeah. um, I didn't say anything because while you're taking a piss isn't the time to to introduce yourself oh. to the man. Yeah, man. I'm gonna... <laughs> Imagine if I just said, oh, while I was peeing. Oh, man. Hope. Oh, man. Um, Wait, I'm going to be the person to ask because I know people are thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Were there dividers on these urinals? No. How close were you to Jay-Z? Really? I was one urinal away. So one... skip one and okay. then it was Jay. And then, of course, the security was like there too <laughs> so <laughs> i'm not trying to say what's up to jay at that time um don't talk think, to my man while he's peeing i think uh at the time beyonce also had like the sasha, sasha fierce line uh-huh i didn't see her um through those shows people that i've like linked up with um like this one like soldier boy was first popping with yum sneakers um paul wall was out there it's what Asher Roth loved college. <laughs> um, Asher Roth. I sponsored some parties for some NBA players. Like, I think AI and LeBron had a uh, club event at a club called Ice that's not on the Strip. Um, How much money are we talking about to sponsor a party like that? I was, I, I was, my dad's company didn't really have money like that, so I was just kind of finagling my way through this shit, just kind of product sponsoring and whatnot. Just give him, like, a case or two of shoes. Um, but I sponsored, like, a Dwayne Wade party, uh, a Shaq party. Uh, um, I think those were it. Oh, Gary Payton. Um, the glove. The glove. At, like, some janky club inside the shops of Little Caesars. Um, 
Yeah, and, and through that, like, I got to link up. Uh, I made some sample shoes for uh, Percival Miller. You guys all might know him as Master, Master P. P. <laughs> uh, he still owes me a thousand dollars. He didn't pay for those samples, so taking that one to the grave. He, Mr. Percival, you owe me a grand. <laughs> um, I had a Master similar type P of meeting. Master Slim, a thousand dollars. That's the name of this episode. <laughs> um, yeah, and like that's like Silk the Shocker was trying to create a fashion line called Check Writers at the time, so I was working on some designs with him. Um, I had a meeting with John Sally once. He brought this fine girl with him, and John we were like Sally. discussing something. And, like, she gave her input. <laughs> this said the wildest shit I ever heard. He goes, Bitch, don't make me wake you in the car. Sit down and shut up. <laughs> John Sally? Oh, yeah, John Sally, man. The spider. This is Pistons John Sally was saying yes, that shit? Yeah. It was wild. John Sally, why are you saying um, that to anybody? Yeah, sh- during Fuck those the bad times, there were, there were a couple uh, guys that, like, you know, were in the whole street team marketing game that kind of showed me the ropes. Um, I know you guys listen to the pod, so shout out Curtis Days and Rufus fucking... Rufus has a few last names. I don't know what it is. <laughs> um, oh, who else was there? Young Bo. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, shit. I was in, a, I was in like a low-budget fucking iced tea music video. <laughs> Sponsored them with some shoes. Uh, Nelly and Fergie had a song out called Where My Party People At. Uh, I sponsored that music video. Yeah. Bone Thugs and Harmony had like a straight to DVD movie come out. I was on set for that. I got, <laughs> I got faded out of my mind because I wasn't really smoking bud like that at that time. Um, and Bone Thugs asked me to smoke. And you're like, boom, 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 boom. Dude, how am I? Boom, yeah, right? Boom. So they go they go back in to shoot. We're in their trailer, just, you know, a few blunts. And they go back in to shoot the, vi- the, the movie, and I'm just outside just staring at the sky, just faded out of my mind, like in the hood somewhere. Hey. Um, yeah, man. It, it's, when I think about it, like, it's crazy. Because if I had tried to recreate that where, like, I'm trying to be in the cuts and shit and, like, going to these parties, but I can't even imagine myself being... How long is that period? How long did that period last where this is all going on? Shit, like... Two years? Uh-huh. Is this all before the Chinese trip? The... When I was on missions? Uh-huh. This was after. This is all after. Yeah. So okay. when well, I was... That'll be, an, that'll be another, another episode. Yeah, another yeah. episode of the FCFC that was like, pod. We're going to go into Slim's missionary bag. Hey. <laughs> yeah, that was like not when I was posi- like Not sexual positions, actual missionary. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man. That's... I think that's pretty much it. Man, those are some good ones. So Jensen Karp, a.k.a. Hot Carl, he was a rapper who went to USC, uh-huh. wrote a book called Kanye West Owes Me $300 or something. <laughs> but I think Slim's Master P Owes Me $1,000 is kind of better. Hey. That is going to be the name of the episode. I've never called the name of the episode this early in advance. It's absolutely the name. Okay, no. um, but it's going to be a picture of you next to the Curry Brothers. Exactly. <laughs> this shit's going to make no sense. It's going to be perfect. No, we're going to have uh, our, our good buddy Alex whip up a little little mash with that photo plus master p and some sneakers it's gonna be perfect no limit oh and shout out to ben chu who's gonna hate that i'm bringing this up but during those uh magic show days when i was in the fashion industry 
gonna hate me so much Ben used to be a rapper so hey. uh, him and his crew came out and they like passed around CDs mixtapes to people and shit you like, like hip hop you like hip hop there's pictures of him holding up his mixtape with like uh, like Paul Wall oh god I, I would love the photo of <laughs> Of Paul Wall and Ben Chi, uh, I would I would love that photo so much. We'd put it up in the I would backyard. I probably have yeah. to like sign into my my friendster MySpace <laughs> to find those pictures, man. Um, yeah, those are some good ones, man. Those yeah, it was ones. cool. Like uh, I was when I was on set for that Fergie and uh, Nelly music video. I, like they just had trailers. That's right when Nelly had become buff. Remember Nelly was like skinny, and then he just got buff all of a sudden. So. They had trailers where the St. Lunatics were just playing Xbox and stuff in the trailers. And then they had one trailer that was a straight mobile gym. So someone comes over and says, uh, 10 minutes till you got to get on set. So you see Nelly like, all right, I have to pump some iron. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's stairs to get up to the mobile trailer, or mobile gym. And he slips on the fucking stairs. I had to try so hard not to laugh at that point. I had just gotten there. Um, but then Fergie, who we went and met when we got to the music video set it was like in long beach it was like they 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 turned the hanger like this hanger huge hanger and put like a, a ballroom ball in and turned it to like a club but fergie just goes around and she literally introduces herself to everybody wow probably the most polite celebrity i've ever met and then that's why she went in on stage in peter pan that was shitty we're talking a good story about fergie <laughs> Come on, I gotta be a dickhead if you guys are both being scholars. Yeah, I'm with it. I'm with it. I need more dickhead energy from both of you guys. Um, Yeah, man. And then (laughs) had that Ice T music video. I looked so awkward. I didn't know that the other rapper in the um, the song was a crip, and I'm wearing all red. So, so how many videos are you in? Are you in a, some videos uh, that you No, think- no, no. I think I was supposed to be part of like a little small segment of the Nelly and um, Fergie music video, but then mm-hmm. they cut that part out. Uh, but yeah, the, the Ice-T and I think the dude's name was Fetty DeMarco. Uh, Tash from the Alcoholics was also on the song. Uh, and my homie Bl- Black Silver. Um, yeah, they, they, they were just out in the hood. I don't know if it was Watts. Or where it was, but I think I rolled up there on like my sister's Audi A4, <laughs> and like the little kids were like following my car on the bike. I was like, I'm gonna get fucked up out here, yo. Um, that's where I like met Ice T and Coco though. Coco's real chill. Hey. She's wearing really tight white baby fat jeans. Yeah, she does. Yeah, she does. Um, yeah, man, that's. Man, that that whole era, I would just watch. Dude, I would yeah, watch I your no home idea. video. <laughs> Of that whole era, that's definitely. Do you got like a era. Do you got like a keepsake box, a scrapbook of that era of photos or? Nah, cause like that's also it when just I was like so kind of too cool to take photos yeah. too. And even to this day, I don't like taking photos. If you see me ever in like TSG group photos, I try to be in the back of those. You just see my floating head, just like how your photo is, hmm. just in the background. I don't like taking pictures and shit. <laughs> Damn. Spice man. Did you see more celebrities in New York or in L.A.? Not in L.A. for sure. Mm. Yeah, L.A. for sure. But that's because you were 
came out here, made a little money, and started hitting the trendy spots. Uh, West no, I, I, I worked in the trendy spots. Oh that's, no, that's where I was. That's where I was trying to make my make my bread. But <coughs> no, it's cool. It's um, damn, nothing really compares to what Slim was doing. But all right, so I was working advertising for Finish Line, and so they want to do a little, you know, like hip hop celebrity cameo. So got to work with uh, the late great Mac Miller Ooh. once, who was like not all there when uh, I saw him and he was kind of like you know I thought it was just like immature like his motherfucker white boy rapper and all that shit and then all of a sudden like he was like faded when he was on set and then he did his thing and then he left and then right after that he dropped Divine Feminine and I was like this is one of the most complete and beautiful mature albums <laughs> I've ever heard so shout out Mac I have a lot of respect for, for you and um, so my thing I was pretty green and so I was uh my my Korean guilt and Korean culture demands of me that if a client is there on business and wants you to drink, you drink. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so the finish line guys are all good Indianapolis boys, probably all in fraternity life like I once was. So I thought I could hang. But these boys drink a ton and they mix a lot of t- lot of different shit together, and they're all in for a good old time. <laughs> and so we had. Um, I remember we had we were we're shooting inside malls, you know that's where the finish lines are. So we're shooting inside malls. We're shooting with uh, Danny Brown, Two Chains, and Eddie Wong, mm. and um, their trailers are all outside in in the parking lot. And you know these guys like they just want to stay a line and, and dip, or they'll just chill in the trailer until you know it's 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 game time. Mm-hmm. My ass is, and I was timing myself because I was like this would be very fun. I was throwing up probably every two and a half minutes. I would get nauseous. You know, I I feel great for a minute for ninety seconds or so. Just hungover. I'm hungover as hell. Yeah. I drank a ton with all 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 the the finish line clients before, and I'm just going to the bathroom, rushing to the bathroom. At one point, my boss says, "You need to excuse yourself and go outside to your car and maybe take a nap a little bit." A very strong suggestion. Shout out Jose and Carissa, my my heroes out there. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm. I go out to the parking lot and I think I'm taking a nap in the car and I get out because I have to yak again, find a bush and I'm throwing up hardcore, throwing <laughs> up just like everything. And it's like, it's, it's my soul I'm throwing out right there. <laughs> I look to the left of me, Danny Brown is smoking the fattest blunt I've seen in my life. <laughs> and he looks worried at yeah. me. He looks, he's like, I've seen this kid on set. He doesn't belong out here. <laughs> Um, he looks at me, and as I'm throwing up my head down, I, <laughs> the only thing I could think of was putting up a thumbs up like this <laughs> to signal to him that I'll be okay eventually. <laughs> we gonna be all right. Yeah, and then Danny just kind of shrugs and just, just just goes back Damn. to smoking his blunt. Danny Brown looked like a crackhead, too. Like yeah. He had a crackhead looking at He's a Detroit, Detroit boy right here. And so he's like, I don't know, he was worried about me. And so I remember that, and like Danny just looking so worried at me. <laughs> Yeah. So good. And I just I gave him a thumbs up and eventually I made it back in, but um I missed some responsibilities on the on the shoot day, but they understood. It was just kind of <laughs> Yeah, every everyone kind of got it. There's a picture of me and Eddie Wong who was like, you know, big big hero of mine before and I just look like shit. <laughs> but it was like one of my heroes, so I had to take a picture with him. That's and tough, uh man. yeah, that was that was a wild time, man. That was a wild shit time. Show. I love that tale. One of the few I got. Give me your fame game, Dweez. Oh, one more, one more. I shared oh. it again today. But I was, so I was working front desk at the Ace Hotel. My orientation 
they're big on being like, there will be celebrities you check into the hotel. If you ever freak out and get bad enough where you take a picture or even stutter in front of them, you will be fired and let go. Like, that's just the rule of the game, right? Like, discretion is the name of hospitality. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, fuck that. I don't give a shit about celebrities. Like, I'm not going to freak out. I get downstairs and fucking Moe's Def is just in the lobby. And I'm like, oh, Moe's. <laughs> My knees buckle. <laughs> and then um, I just remember, I was like, I, I almost said, wow, you're taller than I thought you'd be. <laughs> and he's the coolest motherfucker just chilling, just hanging, just like, no no security, just hanging out, just sitting down by, by check-in and, mm-hmm. in the lobby. And uh, I remember that being like, it's a different ball game out here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um That's kinda how oh, I actually left out when I met Nas in game. Backstage at uh Bring it back. Dude, uh, what? Jimmy Kimmel live, I think. What the fuck? Why are you at Jimmy Kimmel? Um somehow I just got a pass to Bro. be able to get give them some shoes. Um Nas was real cool. Game was chill, but he couldn't really fuck with it because he had uh Hurricanes. He had hurricanes. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, Nas. Nas was dope, and then his manager was kind of a dick. Um, But yeah, man, those guys just just chilling. I think they they set up a outdoor stage for those guys uh, to perform. So just yeah, that 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 one. I think that's one of the reasons why I like have more of an affinity for Nas too. Just like I met him. You gave him a dab? What happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a yeah. picture of him somewhere. In MySpace? Yeah, somewhere in MySpace. My MySpace days were lit, guys. <laughs> Damn. So if any any, any uh, sleuthing out there, if you want to dig up Sam's MySpace. <laughs> Please, for all of our benefits, yeah. dig it up. Oh, yeah. I never met Nas. That'd be cool to meet Nas. Um, I think, like, we were talking beforehand off-pod and Slim was talking about how he doesn't really get, like, shook anymore about celebrities, and Josh was talking about, like, certain ones that he would still get shook for or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, like, I had, like, a before and after, you know? Like, I had a... Because you're a journalist and you interview musicians, I started in the journalism world interviewing rappers mm-hmm. um, and you know various other artists and people and then of course sports now i think like i i don't like obama obama i'd be pretty psyched to meet oh yeah sure i was like holy shit you met no i'd be out of my shoes on oh yes sorry everyone who thought that that was gonna bring the obama story (laughs) the best thing i got is i was at his uh when he got the democratic nomination in Colorado. Chicago. Okay. Mm. And then I went to the Clips free Clips concert <laughs> down the street hey. afterwards. That was that was almost better. No, I'm just kidding. Um I think Messi Messi would still if I met Messi and got to interview him, I don't even I would forget all my Spanish and I'd just be like <laughs> <laughs> probably. No, I, I don't know. I could probably get through it, but I would be like inside I'd be doing jumping jacks. Yeah. Um and Nas would still be cool. Same thing. I think I could handle it like a pro, but inside I'd be going wild. Mm-hmm. But before all of my journalism stuff, mm-hmm. I think was where my more raw celebrity encounters were. <laughs> and I had some decent ones. There was like a good Chuck Norris one. Ooh, there was like whoa. there was like a there was like a 
there was like some you know these are just random like these are these are not like i wasn't doing some cool shit like slim where i'm like giving them sneakers this is just like <laughs> just happened you know because your whole family lives spread across la you're in different parts of the city at different times um there's there's so many like crossovers with like different different people and different things but because we were talking about kobe bryant earlier mm-hmm. have i ever told you guys my kobe bryant no okay this is this is a good one so i was in college and um we were i'm i i don't want to say like what the lakers i'm not going to remember where the lakers were on their history but I was a sophomore in college or something, and I was visiting my cousin, Benny Blanco, mm-hmm. who was out in Emerson College in Boston, of all places. Mm-hmm. Boston. Boston. A place to meet, made, to meet a Lakers bangles. legend. And we were like, before the night that we were going to go absolutely rage on the town, mm-hmm. we were like, oh, let's go see a movie. And this movie called V for Vendetta had just come out. And um, so we go to like a pretty much empty theater, like on like a you know wednesday night or something Mm. and we're like watching this movie and like halfway through there's like no one in the theater Mm -hmm. you know it's pretty empty but there's like two people down in the front like Mm -hmm. this like really short white woman and this really tall black man Mm. and i'm like is that is that who i think it is like just you could just tell like when the screen would glow in a certain way the images were bright enough like i'm like that looks like somebody and then everyone's like nah it's not anybody and that I'm like, no, dude, it has to be. And so, whatever, the movie ends. Was that the white girl he got sued by? No, this was like, <laughs> I think he was, it must have been some management woman or uh, maybe a old friend. I don't know. She was probably like in her 50s. She was mm-hmm. like an older lady who was like, it was not that kind of a, <laughs> not that kind of arrangement. Um, but we walk out of the theater. And I am the type of person that like, this goes for back when I used to have to, like, go hit on girls, too, or whatever. Like, <laughs> I, if I, if I want to say something, I'm going to go say it. Mm. Like, I can't live with the regret. Like, I can't handle the regret. It won't, I won't be frozen with regret. Like, I feel the fire of wanting to do something, <laughs> and I just jump into the fire. Like, I can't not. So I was just like, I got to go say something to Kobe Bryant. Like, it's going to happen. And everyone, everyone, most of the group was actually from L.A., hilariously enough, and they were just all going to school, and Boston. Like, nah, man, don't say this one. Leave him be. Cause he was like playing the Celtics the next night or something, <laughs> or maybe you know, in two days or whatever it is. So I go up to him, and he's like, just kind of like standing there. And I, I don't know why this was the thing I did. I just smacked him in the chest. I just like, I just like smacked. <laughs> Cause he was so tall. Fuck? You guys can't see it on the thing, but like, like he's tall. Uh-huh. And I like kind of went to like, like give him a dap, but he like didn't put. His, he had his arms in his jacket. Uh-huh. So I didn't really have a choice. So I kind of just like, like slammed it like. <laughs> And I was just like, Kobe, what'd you think of the movie? And he didn't, like, he wasn't offended about it. He was just, like, smiling. He was just like, it was hot. <laughs> <laughs> and that's probably what Paris also was saying. That's hot. It was hot. He's like, it was hot. And it's like, of all the movies to call hot, I was like, okay. Okay, Kobe. <laughs> I, I mean, guess. You figure someone know. that does nothing but play basketball, like, is can be a little socially awkward. <laughs> Right. Dude, that's fucking crazy. What? It was hot. You slapped Kobe Bryant in the chest, that's dude. That's dope, man. And yeah, answered an opinion on people from that. <laughs> and I didn't have a mustache at the time, so I don't know, like, why he didn't just, like, punch me in the face. I know why people don't punch me in the face if I have a mustache, because they're like, dude, this guy's already a clown. Like, <laughs> you know? Like, it's a defense mechanism. Damn, um, Kobe. Yeah, but that was, like, kind of before I really started getting into the journalism bag heavy, so that was, like, a big... 
a big one for me. Um, what other what other good ones do I have? I guess I'll tell my Chuck Norris one, because that was also before. Um, so Chuck Norris. <laughs> so Chuck was <laughs> out friend. at a Saturday morning breakfast with his. Oh, I got a good David Spade one too. Um, this is all before. Before journalism. IHOP. <laughs> Ventura Boulevard, near Reseda. Right on the border between Topanga, or I'm um, sorry, Tarzana and uh, Encino. <laughs> really not great IHOP. Not a terrible one, I guess. Just sort of very mid-grade. You might as well be in, like, the Midwest when you're in there. <laughs> please, you know? uh, please don't spend all your time grading the fucking IHOP <laughs> as you're at. So Chuck, <laughs> Chuck Ignoris, as I like to call him. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Chuck, Chuck Norris is sitting there eating, and, like, I'm eating with my aunt and uncle and cousins, everybody, and I'm just like, fucking Chuck Norris is over there, guys. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, Chuck Norris. I swear to God, it's Chuck Norris. And they're like, oh, shit, it is Chuck shit, Norris. Shit, it is Walker, and like, mo- But, like, most L.A. people, and, you know, like, everyone, especially, you know, especially if you, like, lived on the west side and, like, went to school where, like, most of my family went to school like there was always celebrity kids at that school Mm -hmm. and like or like parents or you know your son is in the class or so and so lives down the street Mm -hmm. um whatever so chuck norris was there and i'm like well i'm saying something i don't care what you guys want to say and this is after dodgeball had come out (laughs) and so me being dweez being dweez i uh I just wanted to go give him, like, the thumbs up <laughs> that, like, he gives in, in Dodgeball. If you guys remember the scene in Dodgeball where, like, they, like, look over at all the judges or whatever it is. And then, like, Chuck Norris just, like, like hits him with the thumbs up. And I just, like, had to do that. And so I went to the bathroom, came back. Like, his table wasn't far from ours. And then I went up and I was like, and he's in, dude, he is in all gray sweatsuit. Like, he looked like he just jogged down <laughs> there. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, you are really Chuck Norris. Like, you're not even, like, a caricature of yourself. You're <laughs> just, like, the man, Chuck Norris. And so I go up to him, and he's having, like, you know, just dining, dining with his woman or his wife or whatever. I'm like, hey, Chuck. And he looks over. And I give him a thumbs up. And he looks at me, and he's like, hey, guys. And I'm just by myself. It's just me. And there's no, there's no guys. And I'm like, what are you looking at, guys? I was like, and then I just walked away. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if Chuck Norris sees multiple people because he's been smacked in the head so many times or what. But he said, hey, guys. So that was, that was my Chuck Norris story. Oh, man. <laughs> David Spade, pre, this was like when he was like doing black sheep and stuff with with uh, uh-huh. Chris, Chris Farley, Farley. Uh-huh. you know, he was like in the heat of his fame. Um, we ran into him at a McDonald's on the 4th of July on Pico near Rancho Park. What the hell? I guess this isn't that good. I'll breeze through this one to tell my best one of all. Um, and we had him sign napkins <laughs> and we threw the, I'm pretty sure we threw the <laughs> napkins away. What a savage. Cause dude. we, cause we, cause we like, we had just, all in of us of kids, him, we were, did. like, 12 or 11 or whatever, and we had, like, we're all into Tommy Boy and Black Sheep and all these, like, Chris Farley movies. Mm-hmm. Like, we just thought it was the funniest shit of all time. And so getting an autograph was, like, 
a must do, but then we just like threw it away because like as soon as we weren't around him anymore, like oh, that wasn't that interesting. <laughs> but he was like he was like there with his like seemingly like supermodel girlfriend on yeah, the Fourth yeah. of July at McDonald's, like eating in. It's like, huh? I don't know. I the key is, you guys think you have to go to the nice places to find these people? <laughs> Just go to McDonald's and IHOP, and you'll find Chuck Norris and, and the like. Um, okay, so my best one is also my longest one. So strap in if, you, <laughs> if you're in your car and you still Pizza? got a little bit left of your thing. So I was fortunate enough to live in a pretty cool house in Los Feliz yeah, when I first one. moved back from it. China. And uh, <laughs> I was in this really big house who, it was, it was actually owned by the, the people who own A&M Records. Um, so it was like a you know, very like historic house and on a historic street and all that near Griffith, where I started trail running and all that. And it began because we were having people come and film at the house, like music videos and college humor videos and different things. People would be coming over like, I was living there with a band um, and it was, a, it was weird times. My cousin Ben calls it the lost years. I would agree with him. <laughs> Anyways, there was a yoga instructor <coughs> who I met who I thought was attractive and she was like part act, acting at the time and she was like, hey, you should come to my like yoga class. And I had just started doing yoga to prevent myself from getting injured in the LA Marathon. Mm. And so I was like, sure. So I went, it was on Moto Yoga on uh, La Brea. And it was hot yoga and I had never done hot yoga. Mm. But I was like being attracted to this girl and knowing how like yoga classes worked and seeing my opportunity, so to speak, to you get more dog. attention. I would deliberately like as soon as the class started i was like i already had my game plan i was like i'm gonna mis make mistakes mm -hmm. so i can get attention from yeah the teacher. And we'll see where this goes it's a way of feeling out is this girl really into me she just want me to come to class so i started doing that and it works she starts giving me attention she's like oh you know adjusting and if you're like doing hot yoga and you're like in contorted positions and like someone just like lays a delicate hand on you it's mm. a very nice feeling you're like <laughs> oh you're putting me at ease it's a lot like getting a massage or like but your body is undergoing this like tense things right so it's like this contrast this is great i'm like all right may maybe this girl's into me or whatever then i look across the room and i see somebody else getting a decent amount of attention and that's when it begins <laughs> and this guy was a lot more fit than I was. I didn't really, I think he was wearing like a, you know, like a Speedo almost, like not even like, I was wearing like a shirt and Fuck shorts not. and everything. Yes, he's got his shirt off, he's like doing it. And I was like, damn. And I kind of recognize who this guy is. <laughs> and I'm kind of like, wait, wait, wait a second. Okay, so keep going, keep going, keep going. And all of a sudden, like, when the time class is over, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll find out. So I walk into like the changing room. Mm. And lo and behold, sitting right in front of my locker, Colin fucking Farrell <laughs> is right there. And I'm like, Colin Farrell. It's me against Colin Farrell for this girl's attention. She's just like, we both, wa I, we both walk out, change, both walk out around the same time. And the teacher girl's like, oh, hey, Colin. And like, they like give a hug. But then she like comes over to me and starts talking to me. And I see him like looking back over and I'm like, oh, damn. Like, what is going on? Tweets <laughs> versus Colin Farrell. And I'm like, this baby. is really me against Farrell? So that is like, that's like just a celebrity sighting, right? No big deal. Your life moves on. Except not really in this case, because here's the story. 
This is only chapter one. I told you guys to strap in. Strap in. <laughs> I start thinking about this, and I'm like, wow. I'm like, I'm like going up against Feral here. And at the time, this movie called like Winter's Bone or something is like coming out, mm. and his face is everywhere in the city. Like it's on all. It's not maybe it's not Winter's Bone. It's Winter's something. Winter's Tail. A Winter's Tail. I don't know. Something about Winter. Um, and his face is all over billboards on like the little bus stop things. I'm just like, damn, this guy. And I don't think he's a good actor. <laughs> and like, I think <laughs> his shit runs I th- deep. No, I think that. Um, I think that. What's it called? True Detective? Uh-huh. Season 2? Like, everyone loved True Detective Season 1. It was amazing, right? But he's, like, in Season 2, and it's, like, not good, really. And I was just like, you destroyed... You know, I had all these, like, vendettas against him already. Sure. It just wasn't about Colin Farrell. Your Irish brother. No, he's Scottish, I think. No, he's Irish. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. I'm um, pretty sure he's a dead, Scot. Dead on. Dead on. you hating on your own people's dying. <laughs> Northern Irish, maybe. <laughs> 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 so, anyways... Whatever. I don't think too much of it. I just call him one of mine. And I go to my favorite Thai restaurant mm-hmm. at the time, which was Jit Lada. Go in, see Jazz, the owner. Order my favorite mango, like, red snapper, which is just this fire dish there. I'm eating it, and she comes up, and she's like, oh, wow, yeah. I'm glad you like that dish, like... Colin Farrell is a huge fan of that dish. And I was like, what did you just say? Mm-hmm. Like, who? Colin, okay, Colin Farrell is a huge fan of this. Okay, no big deal. Just another little Colin Farrell moment. <laughs> still the billboards, still the bus stop signs whizzing by, seeing Colin Farrell's face everywhere. No big deal. Okay, go home, minding my business. But I'm irritated. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm running in Griffith Park with my cousin different cousin i got lots of cousins in la and i'm talking to him about i'm not kidding you and he'll back me up on this i'm talking to him about colin farrell and i'm like dude this guy like colin farrell's like popping up in my life i don't know what the deal is (laughs) we round the corner (coughs) in the hills and colin farrell and his girlfriend and their dog are walking towards us and he thought i was fucking like exaggerating and then he saw it he's like oh shit like colin farrell's like for real So this is like episode four. And I'm like, okay, now this is getting somewhere. Uh (laughs) So I start to develop my own theories about this. And like, I'll withhold what the theory is for just one more second till episode five. Which involves me being in my room, minding my business. In the Los Feliz house, when my roommate, shout out to Chano, comes running through the house. By this time, I've told everybody, like, about this whole Colin Farrell thing. <laughs> and he, I, he comes running into my house. He's like, tweets, 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 tweets. And I was like, what? What is it? He's like, you have to go look outside. <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? So I go out front. You guys already know where this is headed. But pulled over in front of our house in his SUV is Colin Farrell texting. <laughs> Pulled over in front of our house, in front of our fucking house, is Colin Farrell texting. That's where, like, okay, and now my theory goes into full bore. And my theory is this. We're talking about celebrity sightings, is this? I have a theory that it's actually 
like a reverse scenario. In other words, celebrities, they get so famous that like they can't do regular people shit anymore. They don't do their own laundry. They don't like, you know, go do like normal people. They can't get not bothered, right? Mm-hmm. They actually become fascinated with regular people and they start stalking them. So you, like, so I was like- being stalked by Colin Farrell. <laughs> He was like, oh, this guy. Like, I wonder what he's like, you know? And he just started following me around. He's like, oh, he's probably just going to do his laundry. He's probably going to the post office, you know? Like, he's probably going to Jit Lada. Probably going to Jit Lada, right? So just following me around, like, being Colin Farrell. was fucking with my little, like, subsidiary love interests. Like, <laughs> fucking with my hikes. Look at it. You're so, such a psycho. <laughs> college humor, or one of those funnier die, one of them. I get a call for like submissions to submit story ideas, right? Mm. And so I submitted like five shorts. Like here's this one about like a an Uber and a Lyft and a, like a rideshare like joke among kids. It was like one for kids. It was like some dumb thing. There was another one about something else. And I made one called Celery, which is all about like the same scenario happening to a guy oh. of like being stalked by Colin Farrell. And then at the end, like they're at the grocery store together and he and like the guy reaches for the celery and like Colin Farrell's hand like touches and he like looks up and he sees him and it's like you know like stalking like st- a stalk of celery uh-huh. it's just like some like little pun and what's funny is when <coughs> I sent them the uh, the pitches they were like oh yeah we don't like like any of these except the celery one like we like this one and actually we have a working relationship with Colin Farrell <laughs> and so I was like Okay, wait a second. Is this gonna be turned into like a real show, which would have been like, or like a real like short of a real life situation that is really happening to me right now, and I will get to confront him? It would have been like the ultimate like meta LSD dweez like tunnel moment. But it didn't end up happening. Didn't end up happening. Mm. I only saw Colin Farrell with my own two eyes one more time, uh-huh. which he was parked at the stop sign. Uh-huh on my street when I came towards my house when I realized like wait a second of course then I like go online and I uh, search like celebrity houses he's doing the Colin Farrell story (laughs) I look up celebrity houses and Colin Farrell is like living like five houses up from us (laughs) in in uh, Los Feliz so the epilogue to this story is Years later, I think two years later, I had moved away from Los Feliz and I was living with my beautiful girlfriend, now wife, Sachi. Shout out. In Koreatown, Angeles Heights, actually, mm. right behind Pasta Sisters, mm-hmm. the orig- original location, right there in Pico and Arlington. And she was working at a sushi restaurant once a week. And she comes in and she's like, yeah, there was like this weird celebrity that was at the, the restaurant tonight. And like every, all the servers are freaking out. I don't know who it is. I'm like, well, who is that? And she just Googles it. And, like, looks it up in Japanese, and there's all these, like, kanji, I mean, uh, katakana characters, and I don't know what the hell it says, because I hadn't studied Japanese at that time. And she's like, it's this guy. Fucking Colin Farrell. <laughs> hey! I, I wish that this was all fiction, and this was made up, but this really happened to me. And I have multiple witnesses. And I hope that if you were listening to this, you never get stalked by a celebrity. Because what I learned from this is there's a dark side of fame, guys. And that's where you start... <laughs> Getting to ruining the lives of normal people. I was just minding my own business. <laughs> I don't want to be fucking stalked by Colin Farrell. It's terrifying. And then no one believes you. 
no one believes you because you sound like a crazy person. Like, no, why would why would Colin Farrell ever stalk you? And that's what they want you to think. <laughs> that's exactly oh what they want God. you to think. That's exactly what they want you to think. The scary thing is I think that you waited 50 episodes to, to garner <laughs> trust and love so you can have this open forum to talk about your, your psych- psychosis. If Colin on Farrell's listening Colin to this, Farrell. or if you know Colin Farrell... Sponsor the pod. No, Let's go. no sponsor the pod. Tell him I fucking know, <laughs> and that'll be enough. He'll know that I know, and I don't think anyone else will believe me. But don't fucking stalk regular people, Colin <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of the FCFC Pod. We talk about a whole lot of fucking nothing, <laughs> and we hope you guys enjoyed it. You're screwed up. FCFC. FC 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 FC